Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. It's Midday Madness time. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. And the number 1300 736 736, the open line number. Jump on it now. We'll get you on. Just a shortened version of Midday Madness today. Only about an hour and a half of Midday Madness. We're live from the Beach Volley Fest down here at Torquay. So, we will be talking a little bit of beach volleyball after 2 o'clock. So, jump on the line now. Let's talk some footy and some cricket and some soccer. one three hundred seven three six seven three six, and anything else in the world of sport that moves you enough to pick up your phone and dial the number. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. And you can drop down and see David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the whole Werribee Kia team. They'd love to see you. So, uh, if you drop down and say hello, if you're in the market for a new or used car, drop down, say hello and tell them we sent you. You can also send through a text, of course, on the 40 Winks and Temper text machine, T-E-M-P-U-R, Temper, mattresses and pillows like no other. But it's Talkback Radio, as I always say, so I'd rather have a chat to you, even though I'll read a heap of your texts out during the course of the program. Brisbane Lions captain, Dane Zorko, is also going to be joining me after 1 o'clock. Archie Thompson will join me to talk Australia v Tunisia on Saturday night. Just been talking to Jules before I came on. Wouldn't mind your thoughts on this. Will this be, could this be the most watched Australian soccer game in decades, if not all time, Saturday night? It's prime time, free to wear. It's got to be around 8, 8.30. Uh, you can tune in from uh, SEN's broadcasting it from, I think, 7 o'clock. The only excuse not to watch it, really, or at least sample it, is you're not a sports fan. But if you're a sports fan, even if you're not a soccer fan, surely you're going to give it 10 minutes to try and win you over. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Could it be the most watched soccer event that Australia has had? And I know we've had some big ones, but this is pretty big. Australia v Tunisia World Cup game, and it's free to wear on Saturday night. Uh, or you're more likely to maybe sample the AFLW Grand Final two forty Sunday Brisbane v Melbourne if you're not an AFLW fan, because that's obviously going to be uh, your thinking on Sunday. Will Will you tune in or not? Because it's going to be my thinking on Sunday. Okay, what am I going to weave? around it to make sure I'm home to watch it because I will be watching it Sunday afternoon, obviously, even though I only watch about a game of AFLW a weekend. So your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. shortened version of Midday Madness. So get on now and we'll get you on. And uh, if you want to send through a text, 0433981116. Archie Thompson to join us later to talk more about the game against Tunisia on Saturday night. We'll also have a chat. Well, Justin Langer's attempt to water down the intensity of his rift, his feud 
with, well, if it's not a feud with some former players, it's definitely a feud with Cricket Australia. It's definitely a feud with Cricket Australia. We, we know that there's been some moments where Justin Langer has been thinking about letting loose. He obviously let loose a couple of days ago on his podcast, but he did water it down. Are you buying it? Here's Justin Langer watering it all down. I keep reading about Langer's got to let it go and he's bitter and twisted. Oh, man, I've never been happier in my whole life. I feel really happy, Ryan, and I'm really all this... The only thing I'm not happy about is what's happened in the last few days. It just doesn't make sense. I love my four years as coaching of, w, of Australia. It was brilliant. Didn't end as we like, as I would have liked. That's life, right? That's the business. It's a tough business. But I've got fond memories. Those guys we're talking about, I... Ate with them, I drank with them, I celebrated with them. We got through COVID together, we got through sandpaper together, we won the World Cup together, we won the Ashes together. They like my little brothers. Justin Langer, uh, are you buying it? He watered it down. It was interesting to hear that in contrast to what he had to say on his podcast a couple of days ago. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a couple of Signet Boost power banks to give away. Uh, some Dwayne's World T-shirts that I have to give away before. I'm done on air for the year, so if you want to win one of those, jump on the open line as well. one 736 736 I'll take a few of your calls. Um, we'll also... Archie Thompson's going to join us later on. I'll ask him about the latest as well from Mark Bosnich, given that Mark Bosnich sort of opened up this can of worms about where Australian soccer is going, whether we're in a good spot or whether we're in a bad spot, whether the gulf between Australian soccer, where it is right now, is bigger between us and the bigger countries in the world than it's ever been before. So we'll have a chat to Archie about that. But uh, there's been a, quite a few calls on this program about that in the last couple of days. Midday Madness, thanks to Melbourne Roadside Rescue, wrong fuel extraction. Search upshipcreek.com.au. Put the wrong fuel in your car. Visit upshipcreek.com.au. And Dwayne's World for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders member Today, get expert OHS support, become a Master Builders Victoria member today. Ross in Fremantle, welcome to you, Ross. Great to have you on as we head to your calls. Robert on the road, coming to you as well about Justin Langer. But we'll start with Ross. Hello, Ross. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. Um, yeah, just in regards to the back and forth banter now between Simon and Justin Langer, well, you know, Simon's making some some sort of incorrect statements and some borderline comments pretty regularly uh, on his program these days. And, you know, it's a technicality that Justin Langer wasn't sacked. Um, he, they, they presented him with an offer that they knew he wouldn't accept. So, you know, in, in, in any court of law or anything, that that, that, that termed a, a sacking because it, it's not really tenable to, to go forward. And then also with, with Simon O'Donnell, he's He's got a bit of a, uh, a dinosaur attitude. Like, he's, he's made comments in the past about with the Gina Reinhardt thing that, oh, people should just get over it. What was said in the past was said in the past. And I, I'm not enjoying him on SEN at the moment, and I'm glad that Justin Langer fired back at him because he, he was actually out of line, and it, it's not true what how Simon interpreted the whole situation. You don't think he did sound like he was bitter with a couple of players, though, Justin Langer, didn't he? he? Didn't When he said the coward word, who was he talking about then, about leaking? It wasn't the players. It Was he talking about someone from from Cricket Australia? He did talk about leaks and use the word coward, which and didn't clarify necessarily who that was pointed towards. So it left everybody to guess. 
Yeah, but isn't he isn't he allowed to, to vent and talk about he this? Is. So he was complimentary yeah. of of three players, and there were leaks. That's a fact. So, and whoever was leaking behind the back, that you, you could probably argue that it was cowardly. Um, so I don't think what he said is terrible or untruthful either, is it? It's so um, he didn't say that Pat Cummins was a coward. He didn't say Tim Payne was, and he didn't say that Aaron Finch was. So. Mm. Appreciate your call, Ross. He did go on in that Langer interview uh, to talk about the fact that he has spoken to various players in the last few days. I'll play you that bit as well very shortly. We'll get that up so at least we can put it into a bigger context. And there has been reports that the interview that was aired with um, Will Schofield was actually recorded quite a bit of time ago, but only released recently as well. Thanks for your call, Ross. Thanks for kicking us off. Robert on the road. Hello, Robert. Hey, how are you? Good. That's right. Um, yeah, I actually went back and listened to the, the Justin Langer, the whole uh, Justin Langer uh, podcast um, yesterday, and I think a lot of what um, he said has been blown out of proportion a little bit. Um, yeah, especially, I suppose, in regards to calling the, the, the coward comment. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it was directed at um, sort of Pat Cummings or, or any of the, um, the captains of the, of the sides. Yeah, so is that a, a, a fault of ours for guessing or is it a fault of his in that podcast for having it such a, an open-ended statement to allow us to do the guessing? Yeah, look, I reckon it probably goes a little bit of both ways. Um, maybe he should have clarified it. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely believe the media have, have um, blown this up a little bit as well. Yeah, Robert, I get that, and I'm part of the media, and I know what we do. So we do talk about stuff that is topical, and if something is vibrant to the point that it gets a couple of calls, then on this program at least a couple of calls sometimes lead to leads to 10 calls because someone has their say, someone else doesn't agree with it, and then they want to have their say, and then it does tend to snowball. So, uh, Robert, that's what this show does. It allows people to have their say. It's been interesting to listen to people like you that are now saying that maybe it was taken a little out of context. And I get that because I'm part of a media organisation that does, you know, tend to chew these things over quite a bit and chew them over with you. Hold on, I've got something for you. You've got a Signet Boost power bank coming your way. Great little contraptions to have next to your phone when you run out of battery life. So thanks to the people at Signet for being on board with us this year. I read out a heap of your text very shortly. Carlos in Bentley, I am coming to you. But here's the other bit of Justin Langer explaining that he has spoken to a few of the current players recently. Have you spoken to Pat since then? Yeah, I have. I, I spoke to him. Well, we texted last night. Um, he'd been at a Christmas party with his family. Uh, I got a message. Steve Smith rang me at lunchtime yesterday. We had a great talk, the vice captain. You know, um, I got, again, ironically, two days before, I got half a dozen birthday messages from all the boys. Uh, Nathan Lyon sent me a birthday message. Mitch, all, you know, the rest... I've been in touch with these guys ever since I stopped being in the team and I can't wait for the test match to start on next week. And the reason I can't wait, because I haven't seen them. I have not seen the boys since, uh, since I finished in February. Justin Langer hasn't seen the boys 
um, but has spoken to them in recent times. And we did read reports in the paper as well yesterday saying that he won't be required to, or the players won't be required to, be interviewed by Justin Langer in his role with Channel 7. So maybe that inflamed it in our minds as well. Appreciate your call. Uh, Robert Carlos in Bentley. Welcome to you, Carlos. Uh, g'day, Dwayne. How you going today, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, great, to t- great to chat. But, yeah, I just want to talk about the Socceroos and just the imp- how important this next game is, including the Denmark one on uh, Thursday morning. Because the thing is, I'm keen to see what Archie Thompson says, but I've read what Schwartz he said and Mark Bozzis, but football in Australia, it, it's not well in this country. The fact that we've regressed, since 2006, where we made the run of 16, we were so close to going to extra time against the eventual world champions. Just proves that we're, we're taking we're taking baby steps towards that World Cup, that glory. But the thing is, though, the national interest of football, soccer in Australia, I feel like it's making the World Cup now. It's, it's become normal. It's very gimmicky. So I feel like if we get a result, some I'm not expecting one now. I'm very pessimistic now against Tunisia. And then against Denmark, we make it to the round of 16. It will be the the adrenaline shot that football needs in this country. And people need to wake up, especially at the administration level at Football Australia, to inject more money into the game here. So is it Football Australia that needs to inject more money? Because we're talking about government funding as well. Mark Schwartz was talking about government funding. Uh, the federal yeah, sports no, minister was also talking um, about... Yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Sorry, government funding, but Football Australia needs to be much more proactive in that because at the end of the day, football, soccer doesn't get as much funding anywhere near the level of your Saudi Arabia's Japan. The fact is a lot of Asian countries in the AFC are catching up to Australia now and we're not getting the investment we need because at the end of the day, football is the global game and we should be going into World Cups wanting to progress and not just wanting to qualify. I think we've got to, yeah, hope there needs to be a change of attitude because I'm very worried about the next four years if we just once again just go out of this group stage because at the end of the day, the World Cup is where everyone's interests lie, you know, and if we can go through to the round of 16, we could be seeing bigger crowds at A-League than at the Big Bash. I think that could happen if we go to the round of 16. That's why these two next games are just bigger than just this World Cup. It's the entire sport in this country. Carlos, appreciate your call. You've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay. Get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. The hard part is maybe, I mean, where's the balance? How much taxpayer money, how much government money should be ploughed into making soccer vibrant for the grassroots of soccer? I know a lot of other countries do plough maybe more money in per capita than we do in Australia, but maybe the balance is right. In Australia, maybe we shouldn't be using taxpayer money to fund the growth of soccer. Maybe soccer and sports bodies that are big, like soccer, like basketball, like the AFL, need to fund themselves and grow themselves. So that's the hard part. I'm not sure that, you know, people are doing it pretty tough in Australia at the moment. I'm not sure that if you ask the taxpayer whether they'd be happy to pay an extra seven cents to go towards funding, you know, sports like soccer, they'd be happy with it. So uh, maybe maybe it's the wrong thing. Maybe we've got it closer to right in this country. Michael in Hawthorne, what can you hear, Michael? G'day, Dwayne. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. That's the way. Hey, I was just thinking, um, Ray Justin Langer, when he initially sort of, well, call it, got sacked or wasn't extended for as long as he would have liked, the 
players talked about two different langers turning up. So, you know, one would be happy one day and one would come in and they just wouldn't know what to expect. And I feel like these two interviews are, are such a classic case of that. You know, one is clearly not happy with the way he's been treated and speaks his mind. And once a bit of heat comes on, he seems to have changed, changed his tune. So from my point of view, I think it all is looking like it's making a bit of sense as from the player's perspective with his personality. Yeah, the hard part, Michael, is when we... And the news does it, and I do it, we all do it, and that is you play an excerpt from a podcast. You pull a piece out. You pull a one-minute piece out of a 20-minute podcast. It's a bit like going to a press conference from a coach, and you listen to the whole press conference, and then he's praising his team, and then he isolates one guy and says, well, this guy, uh, he should have sport that ball, and it went through for a goal, and it cost us. And then we live on that quote for the week. Oh, gee, it was harsh on him. But it, when you have it in context, it's probably sometimes not as harsh. And I'm guilty of that. So maybe we needed to be a bit lighter and understand the full context of Justin Langer. But it did, on what I heard, sound like a bit of a contrast. Uh, the clarification, if you like, or the watering down, call it what you like. A uh, couple of texts coming through on whether the government should be funding the growth of soccer or not. Keep them coming through. 0433 98 11 16. And if you've got a thought and you want to dial the number, 1300 736 736. Should we be ploughing more government money into soccer to grow it better? Uh, Corey and Altona, before we take a break, you there, Corey? G'day, mate. How are you going? Good. That's good. Hey, um, my, my concern is that Australian soccer has, yeah, it has gone backwards since 2006. We had the AIS that had some sort of pathway for our our junior footy uh, to go develop, further develop, further to grow, but they've got rid of that. They sold that off, uh, they closed that off, and that's finished, right? But if you look at Japan, Japan, they came in with a plan. They came in with a, a curriculum, they got Curver on board, they run Curva, um, the Curva curriculum at, at, at a national, at, right through the whole junior, right through to the national level. Um, you know, why can't we implement something like that in this country? This is, this is where I'm, I'm perplexed. There's mm. so much out there that can further develop our junior program, um, like Curva, that, that's a technical-based technical program where kids can learn how to, you know, pretty much walk before they start to run. All these soccer clubs at the moment are bringing in these academy programs that are teaching these kids how to run before they learn how to, how to walk. A kid needs to know how to control a ball, trap a ball, pass with the ball. They need to know the technical aspect to the game. Without that, we are not going to succeed at all. And Australia needs to wake up to themselves because Japan's gone and have done it and look what they've done in the last 15 years. They've surpassed us by a yeah, country mile. Yeah? yeah, Corey, I appreciate your call. And we'll take a few more. Uh, look, I obviously, before I came back to work this week, spent uh, two and a half weeks in Japan. And it was noticeable to me that their focus was on the World Cup. Every shop you went to, there was Japan jerseys in the window. It was probably the number one thing on their sporting agenda for the time that I noticed in Japan. Now, it's a small sample size. I know two and a half weeks in Japan, but to travel around Kyoto, Osaka, Tokyo, um, you know, be in train stations, airports, and see so much through the shopping centres um, that were focused on the World Cup soccer in comparison to in Australia where we, you know, soccer wasn't front of our mind and maybe isn't ever front of our mind. We always see 
you know, cricket and the rugby league and the AFL get, is the dominant factor. So, you know, maybe it's because they were so focused, Japan, that got them where they are. Maybe we need to be more soccer-focused as well, give it, give it more of a go. And Saturday night's going to be a good indicator how many people will give it a go. And if it does become one of the most watched sporting events in Australian sporting history or the biggest, at least, soccer game for viewership in Australian history, then maybe the government and everybody needs to take stock of it and say, OK, this is our time. This is our moment. We've got to parlay this into making it count for kids putting a pair of boots on and kicking a soccer ball. Hey, appreciate your call. Corey, you've got a mystery craft beer bundle thanks to Harry Dog, the largest range of alcohol online delivered, HairyDog.com. Uh, sorry, Santa, but no one delivers like Harry Dog. Visit I Can Win to have Harry Dog deliver the drinks for your Christmas party. Need a break, but I promise, back to your calls and your texts straight after this on Dwayne's World. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Head back to your calls and your texts for midday. Mandis, Michael and Sunshine's on the line. Welcome to you, Michael. Good afternoon, Dwayne. Thank you for taking the call and uh, thank you for the topic, more importantly. Fire away. You want to talk some soccer? I do, my friend. Look, First of all, who's the president of the number one sport in the world in the state of Victoria, the most sports-mad city in the world? Do we know his name? We don't. Who's the, the CEO? I hardly know his name. What are they? You ring up the uh, FFV in Victoria. You've got more chance to, to contact Midgetto than the, uh, the phone number of the FFV. They charge a young kid to, to play soccer as a junior. Up to two to three thousand dollars joining fee to play the game of soccer, for which they provide absolutely nothing apart from rip their parents off at the canteen for coffee and and, and some uh, some lunches. It is very sad how the game is managed in this country, my friend. And we need to address it and address it immediately. Great to have you call, Michael. And there's been a lot of passionate calls and texts coming through, similar to yourself, talking about the cost. As well, uh, I read a heavy text out. We do need to take a break for news. I also want to play a little bit of Marcus Windhager. I'm look day one. I was in for Ross Lyon, so when it was thrown out that Brett Ratton was departing and Ross Lyon was coming in, I've been day one thinking that the Saints are going to improve under Ross Lyon. So I'm in. And there's been a lot of people saying, "Oh, it won't work. He's defensive. It's not going to be great for St Kilda." They've gone back to the past. Uh, when does that ever work, getting the old coach back a few years later? So I'm in. Now, I might have egg on my face if the Saints go down the ladder. I think they'll go up the ladder. And it was nice to hear Marcus Windhager. Your thoughts on this, Saints fans, when you hear this from a young gun, Marcus Windhager, who was on breakfast this morning talking about how excited he is to be playing under Ross Lyon and excited to be playing a running, attacking game style. Watching a few teams last year that... They just play that quick rebound footy. Um, it's it's exciting and it's it's fun to watch. But um, I think being a part of a of a side that's just going to run run all day and um, just attack is going to be is going to be a joy to, to be a part of. But um, yeah, I think as a as a group collectively, um, I think that's that's where we that's where we're focusing on at the moment. So um, yeah, as as for now, we all we can do is um, work pretty hard with our conditioning. So that was Marcus Wendhager on breakfast this morning on SEN. Ross Lyon had this persona as a defensive coach, but he's not going to be that guy. He's evolved. 
And we said that from day one. He's going to be an evolution of a coach to the point that he's going to be playing a 2023 winner game game style, not what he was doing back in the you know 2000. So good news for mine. Marcus Windhager also talking about how excited he was to be working with guys like Robert Harvey, Brendan Goddard and Lenny Hayes. And I'm pretty happy that the Saints have got the old band back as well. Here's Marcus Windhager on that. Like I said, it's quite exciting times at the club. Um, like to be able to tap into legends of the club, like those three that you mentioned, um, it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Um, us younger boys are, have already started um, catching up with them and and getting the most out of them as we can because, yeah, obviously they're they're very experienced and very um, knowledgeable. So uh, yeah, it's it's going to be great for us. Um, three three unbelievable players um, and now coaches. So. Yeah, they're going to be great. So are you buying it like I am? And are they relevant again now, the Saints? Because I think they are going to be in 2023. Take a break. Back to your calls and your text next on Dwayne's World after the news. Hey, right on the buttons again today and a little bit of heart barracuda uh, to get us going on a Friday. Great to have your company wherever you're listening to Dwayne's World. A shortened version of Midday Madness today because we're live at the Beach Volley Fest in Torquay and we'll be talking some beach volleyball after 2 o'clock. But great to have your company talking a little bit of, well, are you buying what the Saints are selling now that Ross Lyon has taken over? I was buying it from minute one. But are you? It was good to hear Marcus Windhager so positive today on SEM Breakfast. A couple of texts that have come through, 0433981116 on the 40 Winks temper text machine. And then back to your calls, if you'd like to join me, 1300 736 736, the open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Uh, Dwayne, Cricket Australia protecting itself by offering a measly six-month contract to JL. They knew he wouldn't accept, uh, and it wasn't a big contract, was it, to be honest, given how successful they were under Justin Langer. Uh, Dwayne, the difference between junior fees, AFL versus soccer, soccer pay their coaches. AFL have volunteers as coaches, but the fees to cover club operating cost. Um, alcohol sales keep the club viable. Thanks for that. That's from uh, a president. So I appreciate your contribution, given that you know the nuts and bolts of local footy and soccer. Uh, Dwayne, the Saints would have gone up the ladder next year, no matter the coach. Max King just needs to kick straight. That's from Brownie. I appreciate your thoughts, Brownie. I think they've got more of a chance with Ross Lyon at the helm now. The reinvigoration of St Kilda. Brett Ratton was good, but maybe Ross Lyon's going to be great. Um, It may be the world game, but it's not Australia's game. Soccer is probably now sixth on the country's list of favourite sports. AFL, rugby, basketball, netball and cricket all ahead of it. Doesn't mean that it's not going to be our game going forward. I mean, you can grow it. Basketball has been able to regrow. Uh, you want taxpayer money to fund the new Tasmanian AFL team. Yeah, I get that. I've been talking about the the government funding the stadium or at least funding half the stadium in Tasmania for a 19th licence to come, but it's a little bit more direct when you're funding the local product and the local team as a Tasmanian taxpayer, and plenty of Tasmanian taxpayers will probably tell me they don't want to do it, but when you're funding the local team as opposed to nationally funding a national team, to me, it probably feels like you're being able to see what your dollar's going towards if you're a Tasmanian. Um, but I might be wrong on that. Dwayne Soccer has a terrible funding model in Australia where by the juniors fund the seniors. Uh, it's so unaffordable for both. Uh, my two boys can play AFL basketball and cricket combined in one year for less than it cost one of them 
playing junior soccer for a season. It's a joke, and we had a caller on that, obviously, earlier on. Um, it may Maybe the Victorian government should give the $15 million to soccer instead of giving it to the netballers. Uh, they'd have my vote, so thanks for that text as well. Uh, Ross needs to lighten up with regards to Simon O'Donnell. Scoob is allowed to give his view. He, in fact, he's paid to do so, and you're spot on. Ron, he's paid to do so, and Scoob's been a great addition to SEN, and it is nice to hear him on breakfast at the moment, Simon O'Donnell. Uh, what did Langer say that was so bad? He praised the players for finally being open and honest with him. All these on the temper text, 0433981116, if you'd like to join in with a text or two. Um, Dwayne, it's a typical cricket, and as a typical cricket and AFL fan, uh, but I'll be very much giving it a go on Saturday night to soccer, and I think a lot of Australians will. Um, I'm a sport fan, but can't stomach soccer. It's boring. Brett from Bacchus Marsh. Yeah, give it a go. I think you might be surprised Saturday night. Well, they play a pretty attacking style and a fun-to-watch style Tunisia as well. So if we can't match that, we are going to be in trouble. Uh, what about Brazil? Wowee. Easy could have been 5-6-0. Nil. Uh, they're here to play for sure. Bicycle kick was easily the goal of the tournament. That's from Dean. And, yeah, it was a ripper if you haven't seen that. Uh, so far, it was easily the goal of the tournament. Might be one of the great goals ever in World Cup history. Um, and uh, done with Langer and be watching the golf Sunday. So there's one that's had enough of this whole um, he said, she said with Cricket Australia, the players, and Justin Langer. Your call straight after the break. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you'd like to join me. Great to have your company for Midday Madness. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great happy company for Dwayne's World and for Midday Madness, shortened version of Midday Madness. In fact, only another 15 minutes of it. Dane Zorko is going to join us after 1 o'clock. We'll have a chat to Archie Thompson as well after 1 o'clock. And we're live from the Beach Volley Fest in Torquay, the Beach Volleyball Pro Tour is here in Torquay and we'll be talking a little bit of beach volleyball after 2 o'clock. But your calls all the way to 1 o'clock until Dane Zorko joins us. So if you want to jump on, one 736 736 the open line number. Still got a few Signet Boost power banks to give away and some Brick Lane Brewing vouchers as well. Brick Lane One Love Pale Ale, brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Before you call, a couple of texts. Um, that open line, by the way, brought to us by Werribee Kia. Great to have Werribee Kia on board. It's been another fantastic year having Werribee Kia as a partner of Dwayne's World. And I was down with David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the team earlier this week. So if you are in the market for a new car, make sure you drop down and see them. That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. If you want to join me, one 736 736 Dwayne not a soccer fan, but can't stop watching this World Cup. The AFL could take one thing from this game. Is the free-flowing. It's so much better. Uh, Matt from Albany, thanks for that, Matt. Um, those who say soccer is boring, like cricket. On comparison, one is more boring than the other. And for a whole day or five days. So thanks for that text as well. That is an interesting comparison. Uh, hi, Dwayne. Ross Lyon coached sides are boring. I remember the 2013 grand final. Frio kept the Hawks to 13 goals. Only problem, they only managed 10 goals themselves. Regards, Lachlan... Yeah, one thing about that grand final, though, they did kick inaccurately, and that cost them big time. So, you know, that's the other side of the coin. I think they, well, Marcus Winghager told us that 
given what Ross Lyon has told the group. They will be more free-flowing, more running and more attacking this St Kilda side than we saw Fremantle, perhaps, under Ross Lyon. But that was the way that Ross Lyon thought the game had to be played to win that grand final. And had they kicked straighter, they might have been a chance to win it. Uh, Bruno and Melton, welcome to you, Bruno. Good, how are you? Good. I was going to say, with all these listeners um, ringing up you and telling you about all the problems with the um, team, isn't it time to call in um, the CEO, uh, Mr Johnson, from Football Australia and do an actual interview with him and find out why, when and how? Fix the problem. Yeah, it's a good point, Bruno. We had John Aloisi on the program earlier this week and often on SEN. I mean, Jared Waitley does a lot of interviews on his program. It's a very uh, interview-based program, and he it's a ripper because of his brilliance, and that's the way he likes to do it. I'd rather have a chat to the people, Bruno. Midday Madness is about having a chat to people like you. Yeah, we do a few interviews, but normally the first two hours of Midday Madness is just talk back, and that's what I like to do. So, yeah, I could fill the show with interviews by... CEOs and presidents, etc. And maybe we should get a few more on. But to be honest, it's nice to have an avenue, and I think it's nice for the sport-loving public in Australia to have an avenue where, at least for two hours every day, they can have their say, as opposed to having the two hours filled up with interviews that we could easily do. I mean, we could easily slot interviews for the whole first two hours, 12 to 2 every day. Uh, but I like Midday Madison. I like having a chat to people like you, Bruno. Hold the line. We've got a Brick Lane Brewing voucher. But you might have a good point. Brick Lane Brewing, one love pale ale brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. A couple of texts here coming through on the soccer as well. Ha-ha, netball bigger than soccer. Uh, and soccer is only expensive at rep level. You can still play for under $200, Alan, in Canberra. And it is great to have a national footprint with this show as well. Plenty of calls have come through from Brisbane and New South Wales and Canberra as well in recent times. Norman Kalgoorlie. Kalgoorlie also sends this one through. WA taxpayers are still paying for the Perth Stadium. Great to have such a big WA audience as well. Uh, and one here, Dwayne, it sounds like you don't reckon Ratton can coach. Well, he'll probably think you can't commentate. I never said Brett Ratton can't coach. I said he was a good coach. And he has a 50-50 record. He is a good coach, Brett Ratton. But St Kilda's probably had enough of being good. It's time to be great. I think it's probably time to try and win yourself a flag. And that's not saying that Brett Ratton didn't try and win a flag. But, you know, 50-50 record doesn't win your flags. And something, I think, needed to change at St Kilda. That's why I was with the change. Now, they could have gone and got a coach that wasn't as good as Brett Ratton. I wouldn't have been with that change. Getting an inexperienced coach or a new coach, I would have stuck with Brett Ratton. But if you had Ross Lyon as an alternative to go to and to get the old band back together, Robert Harvey, getting him back, Brendan Goddard, getting Lenny Hayes, I think it's probably a good move to at least try something St Kilda. That's why I'm with it. Uh, Mark, come to you shortly. one 736 We do need a break. Dane Zorko to join us after 1 o'clock. And Archie Thompson, we will talk more about Australian soccer and where it's at. Archie Thompson to join us in the next hour of the program as well. So those that do want an interview or two, that's going to be coming your way after the news. You at Dwayne's Welcome. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been fantastic to have so many calls come through and so many texts come through. A few more texts. Uh, love the soccer with or without the Socceroos. 
another one here a lot of complaining about the Socceroos but maybe we just need to accept that we played arguably the best country in the world and we were just not that good and never will be uh, while the cream of this country's talent is going to AFL and Rugby League and that look might be a factor but at the same time you can't give up you have to keep trying to recruit the best athletes in the country to play your sport and you have to work out how you're going to entice kids to play your sport and Saturday night's going to be huge how Australia go against Tunisia is going to be a bit of a reckoning for where we are at given that yeah okay France are the uh, title holders they won the last World Cup so we got beaten by one of the best nations in the world what are we going to be like against Tunisia and Archie Thompson is going to join me a little bit later on another one here on the text hi Dwayne can you ask Archie about the proposed second division and the crazy junior fees I will ask Archie about that and one here also free-flowing uh, the, the the soccer football's negative tactics have come from soccer well it is interesting to hear well Adam Kingsley so the new coach of the Giants talking about playing a faster style of football and Marcus Windhager today on SEN talking about playing a faster free-flowing running exciting game style as well so here we go a reinvented coach a coach that's coming back, Ross Lyon, talking about it. And here's Adam Kingsley, new coach of the Giants, talking about it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's certainly the plan. And that's, um, you know, it's fun to watch that sort of that sort of game. It's certainly fun to play. So that's what, um, you know, we'll train. And, and we feel like with our playing group at the moment, there is a lot of speed. Um, we've just got to sort of um, release the handbrake, if you want to call it that, and, and, let, and let these guys play. And... You know, certainly we'll provide some parameters around that, but ultimately we want to play to our strengths, and one of our strengths, I think, is our speed. So, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can transfer that from the training ground out to the uh, out to the games. Adam Kingsley. So, anything similar in that to what Marcus Windhager said today? A more free flowing, attacking, run the ball game style. Adam Kingsley and the Giants, given they've got players who can run that style. Marcus Windhager again said similar stuff this morning on the Saints. Watching a few teams last year that. They just play that quick rebound footy. Um, it's it's exciting and it's it's fun to watch. But um, I think being a part of a of a side that's just going to run run all day and um, just attack is going to be is going to be a joy to, to be a part of. But um, yeah, I think as a as a group collectively, um, I think that's that's where we that's where we're focusing on at the moment. So um, yeah, as as for now, we all we can do is um, work pretty hard with our conditioning. So footy was a pretty good spectacle this year, but that's a good sign, isn't it? The Giants are going to do it and the Saints are going to do it. One of the big stories of the day that haven't got to at all but need to bring to your attention if you haven't heard, the Brisbane Bullets in the NBL um, have parted company with head coach James Duncan. So they've mutually decided to part ways effective immediately. The Bullets CEO, uh, Peter McLennan, currently in the United States meeting with club ownership has said, I'm told that uh, after careful consideration and discussions with James, the decision was made in the best interests of the club. And reading one report online here as well, uh, I'll read you the story. Uh, the Brisbane Bullets have reacted to their ordinary start to the NBL season by sacking coach James Duncan. So it uh, depends on which story you read as to how harsh you believe that decision is. Um, Canadian Duncan was in his second season in charge of Brisbane, having previously been an assistant at the Sydney Kings. The interesting part is former Bullets championship winning captain Sam McKinnon, uh, and reading more of the story here, who's also the club's general manager, has been named interim coach. So 
McKinnon's first game in charge is on Sunday when the Bullets travel to New Zealand to meet the second-place breakers. So that's the big news of the day in terms of Australian sport, the departure of the Brisbane Bullets head coach, James Duncan. Dane Zorko to join me after the break. So looking forward to having a chat to the Brisbane Lions. Captain Dane Zorko, and we're live here from the Beach Volley Fest in Torquay. So a little bit of volleyball and a little bit of Archie Thompson still to come your way on Dwayne's Well. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Wherever you might be listening around the planet, we're live from Torquay, the Beach at Volley Fest. We'll talk some beach volleyball very shortly, but uh, crowds building. In fact, Gary Ablett Jr. with his family as well uh, in the royalty boxes courtside watching the volleyball action, uh, obviously a local. So good to see Gazza Jr. out and about with the family. Dane Zorko not far away from joining me, so I'll have a chat to Dane Zorko as well. We'll talk some more soccer. Archie Thompson to give us a preview of Saturday night's big one against Tunisia. But uh, take some more of your calls as well in the next hour if we get some time. But keep your texts coming through, and I'll read a heap of those out as well. 0433 98 11 16. The text number brought to us by 40 Winks and Temper. T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses and pillows like no other. Midday matters thanks to Melbourne Roadside Rescue. Wrong fuel extraction. Search up shipcreek.com.au. Dane Zorko is going to be part of our coverage of the AFLW Grand Final. So looking forward to our commentary team broadcasting it this weekend. It starts at 1.05 on Sunday. So looking forward to that. And he's been good enough to join us on the line, the Brisbane Lions captain. Welcome to you, Dane. Great to have you on. No worries, Dwayne. Thanks for having me, mate. Good to get a bit of uh, you on the radio and get a bit of you on our radio for the AFLW Grand Final as well. What's it like having um, the, the new age football club where the girls are at the club, you've got another great team, seeing a premiership window unfold? It must be a little bit of fun to be involved with the Lions in 2023. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think there's plenty of excitement around the city, to be honest with you. I think, uh, you know, just hearing people talk, um, there's plenty of excitement around it. I think that's really great. Obviously, there's been a lot of hype around the new facility. Uh, you know, the, the, the ground was built for the AFLW and, and for them to host games. So, to have their first game there out of the new facility, people get to come and have a look at it. Uh, you can go through um, different parts of the ground as well and, and check out you know, just what uh, has been built because it is a state-of-the-art facility and, um, you know, hopefully the girls can notch up a win um, to start off the, uh, yeah, new facility in a big way. How much traction has it got, the AFLW, in Queensland and how much publicity is it getting? We've been talking a bit in the last couple of days about soccer fighting a really hard battle against the major sports to try and get publicity. How have you guys gone? You've had a pretty successful stint even though you haven't won the flag in the last few years and now you've got a a reasonably successful AFLW team that might be premiers. Have you? Has it been getting much traction media-wise? Yeah, it certainly has, mate. It's actually, it's certainly been covered. We've covered extremely. We look like the girls were going to finish on top, to be honest. So, um, you know, I think it's only growing. Our facility out of Ipswich in the Western Corridor. There, um, the game is continuously growing out there. We've feels like the girls have had such a humongous impact on that as well so um, the game itself is in really great shape up in Queensland and 
we've had, as you said, you know, we've been fortunate enough to have a couple of, um, you know, although we haven't reached the grand final, successful seasons. Um, and the girls have been able to, to back it up. They won in 2020. Uh, they made the, uh, the preliminary final earlier this year in, in season six. And obviously get the opportunity on Sunday to play in another grand final and, and hopefully make it two for the club. So you've got this flag one in the men's as well, haven't you, Dane? You've got Jack Gunston, you get Josh Dunkley. You've now got Connor McKenna wants to play for you. You're going to get the number one draft pick in the land, Will Ashcroft. Dan Jasper Fletcher, you've just about got a one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been a great off-season for the club. Um, and I think our recruiting team and our list managers have got a, um, you know, have, have done extremely well for us. I think... You can um, talk... It shows just the direction that the club's um, been heading in the last few years, to be honest with you, that you know, six or seven years ago, probably no one really wanted to come to the Brisbane Lions, and now we're starting to become a club. We've got a brand-new facility. Uh, success is starting to happen on the field in both men's and women's, and, and, and players want to come, and they're attracted um, by the brand of footy that we play and um, you know the culture that we've created with this football club. So you've been part of both phases, Dane, where you did see players leave, and... Uh, a few people got dirty on it, and it was obviously a bit upsetting that players didn't want to stick around. And now you've got guys who are naming your club as the club they want to go to. In fact, you know, Connor McKenna had a choice of plenty. Jack Gunston's elected to go to you guys, and you've now got you know father-sons who are desperate to get involved. So what has changed? Oh, you're right. I have experienced both sides of the fence. And, um, you know, when the go-home five went home, uh, I, I assume it would be about six or seven years ago now, I think the club took a, took a bit of a backward step and, and just looked, dug a little bit deeper to find out what exactly was going on and what resources we needed to keep this talent and, and attract you know some superstars of the competition. And I think our welfare department's done a fantastic job in that area. Um, obviously, Greg Swan, CEO, he brought in David Noble. They brought in Chris Fagan. And it's just sort of been filtered down from there, to be honest, Dwayne. And um, it's easy to it's easy as a player to come in and um, follow standards and, and live by your standards when the top is actually doing it. And and they've set a really strong standard for us. We followed, and from that, on-field success has come. And from that, you know, talent is attracted, and, and players want to come and be a part of our club and and be a part of that environment. And um, it's been a it's been a great turnaround from us. But you know. Ultimately, we still want to win that premiership and every team tries to do it and um, we embark on another season shortly. And congratulations to you. You've captained it as well, that turnaround. So, got to credit leaders like you. I know you've had a couple of speed bumps along the way and we don't need to bring up the war, but overall, you must be pretty happy with what the body of work has been under your captaincy. I presume you're hoping to captain the team again next year? I'll certainly be throwing my hand in the ring if that's the direction the club wants to go in and, and the players feel suit um, that I'm the man for the job, then absolutely. But I also understand that I'm not going to be able to be the captain forever. So eventually it needs to be passed down and um, we'll be looking at all avenues, uh, no doubt, in this off-season as to what that looks like. But, um, yeah, I, I guess under my captaincy at the club, it's been a... I'd like to think that I've helped uh, change it as, as, as much as, you know, as what we have and... Um, is, is, is a massive contributor to that. And as I mentioned, Nobes and Swanee and the players as well. You know, they bought into it. It's, it's easy when the, the guys at the top are doing it to buy in, but you've still got to buy in and those guys have done that. And I think it's made the transition for our uh, younger players to come in and, and see how the older guys act, see how the, um, 
you know, the ultimate professionals at the club do it and, and they follow suit and, and that's what builds a really strong standard, really strong culture and ultimately translates onto um, on-field success. So is it a club, is it a player vote? Is it uh, the club that, is it uh, Chris Fagan who decides who will be captain? And who are the other contenders, do you think, in your mind, Dane, that could lead just as well as you? Well, it's a combination of uh, who exactly picks it. I know the players have a large um, a large say in who it is. And, and then from there, it, you know, Fagan will sit down with, I would presume, a couple of board members, obviously CEO and, and general manager of football. And, and ultimately, they put their their cases forward as to who they think would be best suited um, going forward. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Harris Andrews has been a vice-captain now for the last uh, three or four years under me. Hugh McCluggage is someone who, who's rising through the ranks. Um, you know, that I think there's plenty of depth there. You know, Lockie took over when me and Harris both had COVID earlier on in the year, so and he did a fantastic job. So I think we've got plenty of candidates. It's who, sit, who fits right... Um, who fits, who's right for the job and fits for the club's um, future going forward. And, and that's something that's obviously probably out of players' control and, and players' hands, but um, there's no doubt we'll certainly get a say in it. I know you've addressed it before, but how, how concerned are you still over the allegations involving Chris Fagan? Ah, not really. That's, that's all for a matter for the court to sort out, mate. I haven't really got anything too much more to say about it. We support everyone in there, um, supporting everyone that's involved from our football club and um, that's all we can really do, mate. Doesn't affect the player group at all. It's just business as usual. Yeah, it's business as usual, mate. I just sat down and addressed everything uh, with us as a playing group, and and from there we've all just moved forward. Uh, and that's really pretty much how it's gone, Dwayne. To be honest, you're going to miss the Gabba Springfield Junior Training Base. You're going to miss it a bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I actually went over there for coffee uh, yesterday, <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's been home for the last 12 years. As, as, as run down as, as tyres as the Gabba was, I mean, it was still home for us. But um, obviously moving out into this state-of-the-art facility, I think somewhere in the ballpark of $90 million, it really is quite incredible. And um, hearing some of the other staff and players that have been around the world and seen different facilities, um, they're saying that this is up there. It's, it's one of the greatest. So that's great. And, and it's great for the club that, you know, we've been able to secure something like this and, and get it built. And I'm glad, Dwayne, my time hasn't run out and I still get to have another crack at it and, and get to go out there and see it all and experience it all. <laughs> Did they only give you a one-year extension? Is that right? <laughs> What's wrong with them? <laughs> Haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what it's like. You get over 30 and, uh, yeah, they try and um, yeah, ease, you, ease you into retirement. But, uh, no, I think it's fair enough. That's just... That's what every club does now. When you're over 30, you obviously start becoming an injury risk and so be it. And, you know, to keep your spot on the team, you need to keep playing good football. And um, that's no worries with me. I've, I've understood that um, pretty much as I've got to the club, to be honest. Will five interchange help you? There's been talk, and look, I'm hearing that the interchange is going to yep. change. So it's not, not going to be four and a sub. It's going to be five interchange going forward. What, what do you think clubs will use that fifth interchange opportunity Four, because I suspect that a guy like a Scott Pendlebury will be able to stay on a list longer. Having experience come off the bench is going to be critical. Some are saying that an extra ruckman will be played. Some are saying it'll be mm. an extra quick midfielder. What do you think will be the way to use that fifth interchange? Yeah, well, I was probably he- heading down that path, to be honest, with, uh, I think, with an extra ruckman or an extra tall. I mean, talls are so valuable in our game. Um, if you had an injury to one of them, you know, 
clearly it'd be nice to have an extra tall on the bench. But in saying that, you make a really good point about a Scott Pendlebury and, and, and guys like myself who are getting on a little bit older. We don't have to be out on the ground for as long. Um, we can have larger periods on the bench and potentially extend our career. I mean, we've experienced so much in the game and um, got a no- lot of knowledge. Um, I guess that is an opportunity for older guys to stay on list a little bit longer and, and help with that development of younger kids and those younger playing groups that are coming through. I see North Melbourne interest in um, Dylan, uh, sorry, Liam Shields. So, I mean, that's mm. a terrific opportunity for him to play less time but still have an influence with that young playing group. Oh, yeah, so, it could work either way, I think. So Chris Fagan coaches from the bench, but in essence, so a lot of coaches don't coach from the bench. So if you've got you or Scott Pendlebury and you've got a young kid that comes off, you, you can actually be an extra coach as well, even if you're only playing 70 or 65% of game time. Oh, absolutely. And in fairness, you're probably going to be able to see the game a hell of a lot better as well. I mean, guys like Scott Pendlebury, they, they see the game unbelievably as it is, but the fact that they could potentially spend a little bit more time on the bench and be like an extra coach, uh, I think that's invaluable. So it's a great point you make, and I think that's potentially the, the route that most teams will take. The other reason I like it is because it could become a tactic where you do go tall. I mean, you might play a couple of extra tours like you were saying, Ruckman. So you might get one team do one thing and another team does the completely different thing because they might be able to, you know, outsize you or outrun you if they want to play extra midfielders. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, I think it's great if you're playing a debutant as well. He doesn't have to sit there in the vest for three quarters of the game and hoping he gets on as a, hmm. a medi sub. I think it's great that he can ease his, ease his way into an AFL career and, um, you know, not have to play a full game or be buggered or have to sit on the bench for three quarters of it. You know, he's going to get a good chunk of game time and um, experience it firsthand, which I think is also a great opportunity. And before I let you go, Dane, they tell me it's going to be 33-degree heat on Sunday at Springfield. Uh, that might be a little advantage given the heat of the day for your girls as well. Yeah, I think so. I think the last time the two sides met was down at Casey Fields and it was it was a pretty wet and floppy day down there. So it's, the conditions are going to be a little bit different. Uh, out in the Western Corridor there, it does get quite hot, uh, 33 degrees, and I reckon there'll be a little bit of rain around as well that might come in late afternoon, maybe second half of the game. Um, just with how Brisbane summers seem to work, I reckon it's just about the time that a storm could potentially go through. So um, I think it's going to be hot, it's going to be humid. Um, our girls are fit. They're, they're trained, they've trained extremely well. They've had another fantastic AFLW season. But they come up against the Melbourne side that's uh, the number one defensive team in the competition. And they have been for a number of years. They're very strong in that department. But obviously, Brisbane come up with... Uh, they've kicked 99 goals this year. First by an absolute mile. So um, it's going to be offense versus defense. Uh, another great great contest between these two sides. And... Um, I'm hoping for our girls, they can, they can get over the line and make it uh, two AFLW premierships. Great to have you on, Dane. Looking forward to you being part of the SEN commentary team as well on Sunday in Springfield. Big AFLW grand final against Melbourne. And uh, always good to have you on for a length of time to be able to talk footy with you, Dane. So hopefully we'll do it again soon. Good man, Dwayne. Talk to you, mate. Dane Zorko joining us, Brisbane Lions captain. Uh, need to take a break. Back to a couple of your calls after the break. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 I won't annoy Gary Ablett Jr., who's enjoying the beach volleyball here at Torquay with his family. We'll let him go. Won't bug him for an interview, but it is great to see so many fans here in Torquay for at the Beach Volley Fest, and we'll talk more about that during the course of the afternoon, the Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour here in Torquay. Here with Dwayne's well.
Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Well, great to have a chat to Dane Zorko, captain of the Brisbane Lions. Have you got a thought on how teams will use that fifth interchange if we get it? But the AFL hopefully will tell us next week. They probably don't want the headlines to be about the AFL season itself and the AFL men's interchange this week. They're not going to release the draw until next week because we've got the AFLW grand final on, obviously, and the draft on Monday. But I expect next Wednesday, Thursday, that we'll find out about whether the interchange is going to be five interchange. Your thoughts on it? one three hundred seven three six seven three six, And it is going to be, I've checked the weather, about 33 degrees in Springfield on Sunday. North wind, um, 31 degrees in the shade, it says, on the weather app that I've got. So it's going to be pretty hot for Melbourne, heading up there in the middle of the day, 2.40 start, playing in that grand final against the Brisbane Lions. So they've got that big advantage as well. Um, Dwayne's World for Melbourne Roadside Rescue, wrong fuel extraction, search up shipcreek.com.au. Still to come, Archie Thompson's going to join us a little bit later on in the program, so we'll talk some soccer. But Tristan Merlihan has been good enough to join me from Totsport, home of the Top Sports Betting Multi, but download the Totsport app today. But gamble responsibly, call 1-800-858-858. Welcome to you, Tristan. Great to have you on. Uh, everyone's talking World Cup right now, so I presume uh, you've, you've got a lot of action World Cup-wise. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. And, yes, the World Cup's been massive, and we've got four big games on tonight where there's going to be a little bit of uh, more information on which sides are going to progress through to the... Uh, the knockout phase of the tournament. We got Wales against Iran, where Wales are two eighteen, Iran's three seventy, and the draw is three ten. And probably, I would suggest one of the biggest games of the tournament so far is England against the USA, where England's the dollar forty seven, the draws four fifty, and seven dollars USA. The USA would love to get a point in that game to put themselves in a great spot to proceed. But all eyes will be on the uh, football at nine o'clock tomorrow when Australia take on Tunisia. Where Tunisia is two dollars ten, the draw three twenty five, and the odds just being supported in the last couple of hours. They're into three dollars seventy five. We really need to get some points out of this game to be any chance of going through to the next round. And what about to win the whole thing? Uh, is who's the favourite right now? Brazil obviously has been getting a, a lot of the action even before they even played a game. Yeah, they were four dollars eighty before the tournament started. They firmed it to four dollars before the game started this morning, just on the back of a few of those upsets as results. And they're into $3.60 now after their good win against Croatia. It was a little bit tougher than most people expected. But what a cracker that goal was by Rick Carlson. If anyone hasn't seen it, make sure you check it out. They're $3.60 favourites. Spain, $7.25. England at $8 along with France. And then Argentina at $10. Portugal got the win as well this morning. They're into $12. Belgium out to 19 And Germany, $29. So plenty of uh, ebbing and flowing in the market at the moment. All right. Uh, and the AFLW grand final before I let you go? The AFLW Grand Final has been a little bit of support for the underdogs, which are the Melbourne Demons. They've been three dollars into two dollars eighty. The Lions out to a dollar forty-two, and the market's moved eleven and a half into nine and a half. So good support should be an absolute cracker of a game. We'll have all of our exotics up tomorrow, so check it all out on the website. Going to be hot, they tell me. Thirty-three degrees, thirty-one in the shade. So uh, look out. Uh, look forward to having a chat to you again next week, Tristan. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Wayne. Cheers, Tristan Mullahan from Totsport, home of the. Top Sports Betting Multi. Download the Top Sport app today, but gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. We're live at Torquay, the Volleyball World Beach Tour, the Beach Volley Fest. The crowd's building um, quite a few notable 
fans of volleyball in the crowd. As I mentioned, Gary Ablett Jr. here with his family in the courtside seats, and we'll be talking more about that in the next half an hour or so. And we'll also have a chat to Archie Thompson. He's not far away, so plenty in the world of soccer to get to with Archie. But a news break. Here's some news, and then back with more Dwayne's World. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hi, it's great to have your company. We'll head back to your calls very shortly. If you want to jump on the line, one 736 The open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Take a few of your calls on the way up to 2 o'clock. one 736 That open line brought to us by Werribee Kia. Drop down and see David, Janan, Aid. Jim and the whole team at Werribee here. They'd love to see if you're on the market for a new or a used car. Got a couple of Dwayne's World t-shirts and some Signet Boost power banks to give away still before the end of the day today. So one 736 736 if you'd like to join me. Craig Marshall has been good enough to join me. They've got that Mike Fix, National Performance Director of Volleyball Australia, given we are here in Torquay for the Volleyball Beach Pro Tour as part of the Beach Volley Fest, which is here in Torquay, not just across this weekend, but across next week and the weekend after, if you'd like to come down. And the weather, thankfully, in Melbourne and Victoria has improved a bit today, especially from what it's been for the last couple of weeks. Craig, welcome to the microphone. Great to have you on. Uh, pleasure. I really appreciate the time. And, uh, well, firstly, the infrastructure here. This is It's a pretty good setup, isn't it? Where you've travelled the world and seen beach volleyball setups everywhere around the world. How, how does this compare? Oh, this is awesome. Like, it, it is great. Um, the show court and the other court that's sitting behind it. You know, th- this is uh, the last event of the season for us. Um, this is going to be the best event of the year, to be honest. Um, I might be a bit biased on that, but I've been travelling on the tour now for over 25 years, and this is a great setup and big tour for us. Yeah, for sure. So where are we at with our ranking worldwide beach volleyball for men and women? Yeah, look, our women are ranked in the top five in the world. They won a bronze medal, sorry, a silver medal in, in Tokyo. And we're, we're trying to turn that silver into gold for Paris. Um, and our men, our men are just ranked outside the top ten at the moment. But at the time in the middle of the year when they were at their peak and so forth, they were ranked seventh in the world, which is a huge call. It's a new team. Um, Form, formed together just in October last year. So huge thing for us. Um, with Olympic qualification starting on the 1st of January, everything we're doing this season is setting ourselves up for the entry points we need to, to have a real crack and do great in Paris. So how do you get into the Olympics as a beach volleyballer? Do you get a, a duo together and uh, start to hone your craft and then knock on the door and enter some tournaments? How do you get in? Y- you do, you do. Um, you represent Australia. We have national programs. We have our men's program based in Adelaide with the yep. South Australian Sports Institute. We have our women's program based in Brisbane with the Queensland Academy of Sport, all supported and, and funded through Volleyball Australia and our key sponsors, as well as the Australian Institute of Sport and Australian Sports Commission. But, yeah, you, you've got to form a tight combination and you've got to knock off the best teams in the world. But you've got to get good enough to be in the best competitions to knock the best teams yep. off in the world. So you've got to build your way up. Um, and ultimately, it's our best 12 results in the next 18 months is going to determine who goes to the Olympics and who doesn't. So are there private? is there a private competition tournament you can go and play in if you've got a pairing and you want to go and compete? Is there prize money 
on offer as opposed to competing for Australia? Is it a bit like some There's other sports where you've got the private and you've got the, the national team option? It, there, are, there are different levels of tournaments. So the Elite 16 is the highest outside of World Championships. Yep. And then you have the Challenger, which is what you're seeing now. And unpinning that, you have the Futures. But you've got to have enough entry points to get it. There is prize money in every competition that you play in with the FIVB and Volleyball World. But you've got to get the good results to keep yep. moving yourself up um, in the tournament framework. And you mentioned funding. How is it funded? We've been talking about soccer and how much of it is taxpayer funded. How much does the government give in? How does the government go when it comes to providing a lot of support for a sport that would be hard given it's not a professional sport for most? Well, for, for our athletes um, in our national programs, they are full-time beach volleyballers. Our development athletes that are training in those centres need to train full-time and they need to work or study part-time. Our senior ones, they're travelling around the world for six to eight months of the year, so they can't hold down a part-time job. It's very difficult. Some mm. of them try and get a little bit, but they rely heavily on government funding. We get great money from the Australian Institute of Sport and the Australian Sports Commission. Without them, you know, we wouldn't be where we are today, so we really appreciate that. We get good sponsorship money from people like Hancock Prospecting, which we really appreciate that too. But in the end, it's not cheap. We've, got to, we've really got to travel most of the time. Great that we have two events here in our home backyard, but the reality is it's a, it's a lot of money and, and it's full-time athletes and they rely heavily on their, their results to determine how much money they get to live. So how many full-time athletes, male and female, and full-time coaches are there in the program, which I presume runs through the AIS? Yeah, well, our, our, like I said, our, our men's program is based in Adelaide. Okay. Our, outside, when we work with the Australian, South Australian Sports Institute there, um, our women's program is based in Brisbane, and then we work with the Queensland Academy of Sport there. So we have a, an agreement with those people to help support our daily training environment. We have three senior teams right now in the men, so six athletes. We have one in the women, um, which is a great team mm -hmm. going for gold. And then we have uh, development athletes. We have 11 of them in Brisbane, in the women. And we have right now eight of them sitting around uh, in, in Adelaide working good. Their focus for the development athletes is Brisbane 2032. Talking to Craig Marshall, National Performance Director of Volleyball Australia. I was lucky enough to be in Sydney for the Olympics. I was covering awesome. the hockey, so it was nice to be up there. But the beach volleyball there was the first time I saw it absolutely explode. It grabbed everybody's imagination. Uh, I didn't even realise how big a sport it was until we saw how big it was in Sydney. It, it changed the world in a way. It, it's a huge sport. Um, it's actually the number one sport that gets sold out in terms of um, viewers for the Olympic Games. First, really? First sport. Yep. Wow. So we have you know 15,000 to 20,000 seat stadiums at the Olympic Games and it's the first sport sold out out of all of the sports that exist. So why is that? The viewership around the world is big, is it? People love to watch beach volleyball. They love to see the athleticism and the way people move around. They know it's exciting. It's out in the sun. You know, everything going for it. So it's got a little bit of the Tour de France vibe around it. The scenery of the Tour de France, not just about the cycling. We're mm -hmm. here in Torquay. You've got, for those who know where it is local area-wise, you've got Cozy Corner just behind here as the backdrop for the television camera. So you've got arguably... Uh, you know, the placid part of Torquay, not the surf beach, but the quieter part. But it's a, it's a beautiful site to have it here. I understand they considered Lawn and Anglesey and a few other sites as well. So in terms of the attraction it must bring, I presume it is 
a pretty attractive sport to be playing. It is, it is, and we're really looking forward to big crowds coming um, later in, in the week and, and next week. Weather, holding my yes. fingers, cross fingers that the weather stays good, but the, the action is going to be great. Everything that's happening right now is going, the athletes are getting points towards the entry, towards the big events next year. Yep. You know, we've, the calendar's yet to be confirmed, but there will probably be about 27, 28 events next year. You know, everyone's clawing up there to get their best 12 results to get the Olympic Games. And before I let you go, how many of the world's best then are we going to see here in the next week? So this weekend, well, next week, and the weekend after? Well, they're, they're, they are the best. You know, there's a couple of teams that are the back end of the tour, carrying a few injuries. So some of the teams aren't here, but the action is going to be great. Everyone's playing for something, and we're looking forward to our Australian teams having a great time in Torquay been great to have you on. I really appreciate you joining us. No, my pleasure. Thank you. And it's fun to be here. Craig Marshall, National Performance Director of Volleyball Australia. Going to take a break. Come back to your calls after the break. one 736 736 Little window of opportunity to head back to Midday Madness. If you'd like to join me, jump on that open line. We'll get you on after the 2 o'clock news. We'll be talking with Archie Thompson. So we'll have a chat to Archie Thompson about all things soccer. Australia versus Tunisia. Where Australian soccer is right now. Is it too expensive at local level for the kids to play? All the things we've been discussing on this program for the last three days. Plenty still to come, including your calls on Dwayne's Well. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Looking forward to having a chat to Archie Thompson after 2 o'clock. But a couple of the star athletes here in Torquay, part of the Beach Volley Fest, have been good enough to walk into the studio here, Tom Hodges and Zach Schubert. So let's have a chat to the boys. They're huge too. Why don't you play footy, you guys? Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just love beach volleyball. Like, So I think everyone grew up playing footy in Australia, but we obviously just fell in love with the sport of beach volleyball and travelling the world. So... So what are you, six what? We're six six, both yeah. of us. Both of us, six Okay, six. and you're from Werribee as well, so... I am, just up the road. Um, okay. Relocated to Adelaide for the, the National Training Centre. That's where we get all our support from. Um, but yeah, it's nice to be almost at home. I, I come down to Torquay all the time, so it's pretty awesome to have an event here. And you're from Adelaide as well, so... Yeah, from Adelaide, and I grew up in Loxon, if anyone knows what that is. Yep. But yeah, fell in love with beach volleyball through high school, and that's how most people start volleyball. Um, of course, in Australia, they just play indoor, and then as you get into it, like you slowly start to move towards the beach because everyone wants to travel around the world and check out the nice beaches. So who's the greatest athlete out of Loxton? Is it still Mark Rashido, or is he from up the road? <laughs> He's from up the road at Wakery. Okay. But yeah, like obviously there's been a lot of good footy players coming out from our area as well. You must have played as a kid then. Yeah, I actually grew up in a hockey family, though. Right. I, had, I had a cousin that went to the 04 Olympics in 08. And, but, yeah, like, obviously every kid in the Riverland plays football. So, Enough about footy. But why, I mean, how does a, how do you choose sports like, how did, did beach volleyball choose you? You would have had basketball coaches try and entice you to play basketball, both of you as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess when you see a kid who's 6'6", everyone's going to try and get you on the yeah. volleyball team. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, we, so we would have just tried it out in, I don't know, year 9 or 10 or something and... Uh, just gone from there and, and progressed and improved and made state teams and national teams and now we get to travel the world so it's, it's a pretty amazing lifestyle. And who pairs you up because you're both from different states? Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of on us as well as the coaches. It's a joint decision. Um, so we, we're all b both based in Adelaide at the National Training Centre 
Um, and from there, they, they pick pairings. And, and yeah, we, we paired up earlier in the year and we've, we've been doing quite well. So we're happy with our progress and looking forward to the starting the cycle next year where all the um, we'll start our qualification process and building points towards qualifying for the Olympics. How long have you two been a pair? Not very long. So I actually just came off a double knee surgery and Hodgie also had a few little niggles and injuries at the start of the year and it was kind of like a best of both worlds for us to like kind of take the opportunity to go play together and since then we've just come off a four-week tour in the Middle East. Like mm -hmm. We went to Dubai and Iran and we got three-fifths and a second so we're really hoping we can perform at this home event for the Aussie crowd and like we love playing at home we're like home with friends family around us supporting us we can actually show them like how hard we work for this sport and how hard we work to for this opportunity how do you know you're going to get on uh we've known each other for a while beforehand but, but sometimes you don't and that's that's all part of it you know like we've spent 20 weeks together on the tour and it, it's a really tough tour it's just a lot of the time it's just the two of you yeah um, so no matter who who you're playing with you're going to get sick of them at some point <laughs> Like, I, I snore, and he has to put up with that, you know? Like, I've slept next to him more than he slept next to his girlfriend. <laughs> but and, and that's all part of it, like having to deal with those, those difficult... Uh, the, the life on tour. Um, and, but, but we love it, and, and we're, we're, we're excited for it. And, and to have the opportunity to play at home is, is amazing. So, yeah. And obviously, you're professional at it, so it's a tough sport to be a professional. You've got to give up whatever career you had and parlay all your time and energy into it. it the olympics is obviously the end game for you guys winning an olympic medal is there how, how long a term can you stay in it do you still have to have study on the side are you still looking at what you might do in 20 yeah. years time so it, it kind of depends so for me i i studied and i have a degree and so that for me that gives me a, a peace of mind that i can keep chasing this dream as long as i my body allows me to and as long as i continue to enjoy it um and then some people don't pursue a degree and and it's just it really depends on the person, but there is an opportunity to study on the side, but it, it does make life a little more difficult. But for me, it's, yeah, been a positive. you want to give a sponsor a plug? Because it must be reasonably tough to, to get people on board for your sport. Yeah, of course. Like, So we're very thankful that Volleyball Australia, they're definitely our major sponsor. Um, and like without them, we wouldn't be able to do anything in the sport. Like, it's Especially even now with how expensive travel is. So, like, huge props to Volleyball Australia, but then also, like, our state institute as well, SASE. They have been unbelievably supportive for the last 20 years of beach volleyball, and we couldn't thank the team there enough. Like, without them, we don't get to do what we do every day. And I presume they haven't just grabbed the sand from Cozy Corner or um, from, from Fisho's, which is the beach local here. Um, so they have to get specific sand in to make the court. I mean, talk me through the logistics yeah, so of this. I... My understanding is, there's, yeah, there's like a spec for the sand and like how deep it has to be and something to do with the grain sizes, I guess. But there are different sands around the world. So we just came from a tournament in Dubai where they shipped in this sand that was, we call it extremely deep. And it's really hard to run around and jump in. And, and, and yeah, it changes the game completely. And then you come here and there's been a bit of rain. So the sand's a bit more compacted. So you jump a little higher and you can move a little better. Um, and again, that's just... That's part of beach volleyball, dealing with the conditions. So we'll be out here and it might rain or the wind will be blowing different directions. So it all, it all adds to, yeah, the excitement and <laughs> trying to figure it all out. What's the spec that you're better at? Do you, do you, do you like the deeper sand? Is this sand oh. to your liking? No, nah, we, we love I saw the hard win. sand. Yeah. I saw you win earlier, so yeah. you two won yeah, earlier. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we love the hard sand. We're both relatively athletic guys, so it allows us to jump higher and hit harder. And, and that's 
probably the most exciting part of beach volleyball. Could not agree more. <laughs> so they didn't prep the deck for you guys specifically, <laughs> the, like we do with cricket pitches yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, we we like Hodge said. Like it's probably the best aspect about sport is being able to jump high and being able to play big above the net. And like I, I think about it all the time. Like, what happens when we lose that jump when we get old? Mm. Like, we're going to miss it for sure. And yeah. it's definitely just something we take most of, like the most of the we make the most of it right now. It's just better to play the sport. And I think it's more exciting for the crowd watching everyone jump higher and hit harder. You get a bit more of a spectacle. So yeah. And when? How do you qualify for the Olympics? How close to qualification? How big is this tournament in your qualification journey? Oh, extremely important. So there's a we don't we it hasn't actually been released yet what the qualification process looks like for next year, but it will be pretty similar to every other year, which is points. Like you need to play, uh, say like 12 events for the year, and those best 12 results for the year then. If you are in the top 15 of the world, you get to go to the Olympics. But there's also another second process, which is where you can qualify through your region, which the men's program actually won last year. Uh, we went through the Asian region, where we had to beat Indonesia, China, Kazakhstan, China, uh, like Oman, places like that. And yeah, we ended up winning that last year. We got a men's team to the Olympics, which is the first time in 12 years which is huge. So we're really hoping we can go through the top 15 um, qualifying process this coming cycle. We've got three really strong teams all sitting there with reasonably good points at the moment. And so we just got to hold on for another 12 months, perform our best. And yeah, we could actually end up getting two spots at the Olympic Games for the men's program, which and, would be huge. And so these events are extremely important for us to, to start next year with, with a really good points base. So if we do well in these tournaments... Um, we'll start the year with a lot of points, which will allow us to be seated higher in the tournaments next year, which gives you theoretically an easier run in those tournaments, so you're more likely to do well. So these, these events are extremely important for all three teams. Been great to have you in, um, and congratulations on your win awesome. earlier today. It was fun to come down and watch you play, get an education myself, and look forward to maybe coming down during the course of the week and seeing you play again. Awesome, thanks, right, Thanks for having us, appreciate it. Great to have you on. Tom Hodges and Zach Schubert joining us. Team Australia athletes down here at the beach volleyball. If you want to come down, it's not only on today and across this weekend, but next week as well, and then the following weekend. So it is here for another week and a half, the Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour or Beach Volley Fest, however you want to call it, down here at Torquay. And it's great to be broadcasting live from down here. Still plenty to come. Archie Thompson's going to join me after the 2 o'clock news. We'll talk a little bit of soccer. We'll talk some more beach volleyball as well. And we'll take a few of your calls. So if you want to jump on the line, feel free or send through a text. 0433 98 11 16 is the temper. 40 Winks text machine number T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper, mattresses and pillows like no other. Make sure you check out the temper range online. Back straight after the news with Archie Thompson. Need help getting your builder's registration? Call Master Builders Victoria today to discuss our member support program. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. Brick Lane, one love pale ale brewed by the award-winning team at Brick Lane Brewing. Got a few Brick Lane Brewing vouchers to give away as well before we head off air today at 3 o'clock. And for Master Builders Victoria, get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. Uh, you can get expert OHS support if you become a Master Builders Victoria member today. Midnight Madness also thanks to Melbourne Roadside Rescue. It's been great to have so many of your calls and your texts so far today. But as mentioned, Archie Thompson 
has been good enough to join us. One of our all-time greats. And this might be one of our all-time great moments on Saturday night. It's going to be a huge audience watching it. Prime time, Saturday night. Uh, looking forward to watching it all unfold. And Archie Thompson has been part of our coverage for a while. SEN commentator and superstar joins me on the line. Welcome to you, Archie. Great to have you on. Thanks, brother. Looking forward to it, Saturday. Now, how big could this be? I presume, given it's prime time and everyone's kind of in World Cup mode, we've all got the fever, that this could be a massive TV audience and it could be a big moment for Australian soccer if we get it right and win some fans. 100%. I've got the lack of sleep fever, to be honest. <laughs> uh, no, look, uh, it's a real opportunity for the Socceroos. Uh, I know there was a lot of maybe um, criticism to, uh, from that first match, in particular against France, which, uh, you know... I, I don't really agree with because you're playing against the best of the best in the world, and uh, you know we we just shows it just shows where we're at. And um, I thought that they gave it their all. We got a, a great goal at the start, gave us hope, faith, belief, everything that you can throw that represents that, and it gets squashed pretty quickly. But we we know that we can do that, and we've got an, a great chance against um, Tunisia. On Saturday, and, and people got to remember, right? We've only won two World Cup games. We've been there. I think this is our fourth or fifth in a row. We've only won two World Cup games, so this is a real chance to make that three. So you think it's been a bit of an overreaction to a loss against the the champions, the title holders, France, as opposed to those that have said only winning two World Cup games in our Australian World Cup history kind of gives us the indication that things are a little broken. You think that? We shouldn't have overreacted that strongly. Well, I'll be I'll be honest. It's like um, we're playing that just shows maybe where we are at in terms of developing in football. And you got to remember too, look at the amount of money that's thrown in the football all across the world. We're like right near the bottom. And so, when if you don't have any great foundation to be able to build something, it makes it really really difficult. And we just got shown. I will say. This is probably one of the, the maybe less stronger teams that were sent over to a World Cup. Um, but in saying that too, there's not. The, I like what I like about that is that there's not too many egos. Um, everyone's going to work as hard for each other, and we weren't. We, we were hoping for a result against France, but that was unlikely. Um, and the French were just too good. Like they're one of the best in the world, and and they proved it with Mbappe and Dembele. And, and everyone, Griezmann, you look at that whole team, it's pretty amazing, and where they're playing. Um, so it's easy for everyone to sit back and go, oh, he should have done this, or he should have done that, or why didn't he do that substitute? Why didn't this player do that? Mate, I'm tired of it. The guys did the best that they could, and it just shows you where we're at. Let's take on Tunisia with the door still open. So talk me through Saturday night. How did Tunisia play? How do we need to play to beat Tunisia? Uh, can you see us having a win? Oh, no, I, I just went for a rant. I don't see any chance. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, I'm joking. I'm joking. Look, uh, I, I, when people ask me that question, I always say that answer just to see what the reaction is. But <laughs> I, I actually believe that we've got a good chance. Um, like I said, we've just got to build. We've got the first game out of the way. We know where we're at. We've acclimatised to the World Cup and the conditions. Um, we know exactly what we need to do now. We've got to win. Uh, and, and so, and, and now it's just about what Arnie can do with the players that he has, and, and to try to get them at peak form when it when it comes Saturday, and to to, to feel confident 
it's really for a manager's role was we've got to get him to a World Cup and it's about keeping that level of confidence. And, uh, and for me, I see there's good camaraderie in the group. And I'll be completely honest too, that 2006 World Cup team, I tell you what, on, on, against France, I, I reckon it was, still would have been a, 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 a result like that because they were pretty phenomenal. So Tunisia played a high-energy brand as well. They seem to you know, bring that energy for the whole of the game and believe in themselves, whereas there was talk about our fitness level not mm. being quite up to it. How did you read all that? Well, mate, look, I'm, I'm, I'm really just passionate at the moment, you know, because yep. I, I, I want to be able to say, like, everyone just does the best that they can with what they have, right? So, um, okay, conditions might have played a factor, fitness, but when you're chasing shadows for 90-odd minutes, you come off the park and say, oh, I feel pretty fresh. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that because if you're defending most of that game and your level of concentration has to be at a certain level, fatigue's going to set in. I feel like it'll be, it'll be, it'll be different this game. Um, we're, we're definitely not up against the calibre of players as what the French are, but that's not saying that Tunisia won't be a pushover. And I, and I also will say again too, it's like we're playing against the best of the best in the world in their respective regions. So um, we sort of just scraped in. So in, instead of, I guess, pointing a finger, which every, I feel like, Aussie fan does when something goes wrong, um, uh, let's just maybe throw a bit of support in it. Because, you know, I don't go into my accountant's office and say, mate, you're not punching the numbers right, and start yelling at, you know, and yelling that aggression out in. I say, mate, um, thanks for getting me all that money back for the taxes. Where else can we improve? That's the sort of positivity I want to hear when it comes to the Socceroos. So there's still hope. Talking to one of our all-time greats, Archie Thompson, who's painting a pretty positive picture on Australian oh, mate, soccer I love right it. now. Uh, oh, I love I'm it. enjoying it. I'm enjoying it too, Archie. So <laughs> Graham Arnold copped a bit of criticism. Uh, should he have rung more changes, or you think he's on the right track here, Graham Arnold, and he might be able to secure this job long term? Oh well, look, I don't know what uh, Graham Arnold's plans are after the World Cup, and but you know when you when you look in and you see him still just trying to um, have that confidence in his team, it's great because uh, that's what they need. It, was, it would have been tough. Uh, as much as, OK, the fans in Australia were hurting, the players are hurting just as much because they're feeling like they've let themselves down, the, uh, the team down, the country, and their families, which they go and play for. So this, I feel like um, it's about that, nursing that and... Uh, and so Graham Arnold, I, I don't know what the future holds for him, whether he wants to continue or he's happy just being at a World Cup and saying he's got us there and he's out. Um, that's, you know, that's great. Uh, but let's, let's just hope that he puts out the right team and, and I don't know what the right team is. I, I thought the team he put out there was pretty strong. Bruce Ditch is back fit. Um, he had to nurse him, I think, through that first game because he's one of our key players in, when it, in terms of creating. Uh, so there's, there's maybe a few players that he can chop and change with, but ideally it was just going to be putting a team out there that was going to be chasing shadows against the French. Now let's let's try and be more competitive against Tunisia. And Australia, let's get behind it. Like, uh, that's all we can do. So you painted a positive picture about our World Cup challenge, about Graham Arnold and about our chances against Tunisia. Can I ask you about the A-League then? There's been a bit of talk about, and you obviously heard Mark Bosnich on the coverage on SBS talk about the gulf between Australia and some of the great countries 
of the world, and he's worried that the golf is getting bigger. How do you see the gap between the A-League at the moment and some of the other great competitions of the world? Um, and, and let's, uh, I, I think we've got to put in the context too, um, I, I value uh, everyone's opinion in, when it comes to football and everyone has their idea about what should happen and what shouldn't. And, you know, with that golf and gap, a, a gap in golf of class, uh, you can say, but you look at other countries, you look how much money they're putting into the infrastructure, into infrastructure what their youth development's like. We're, we're a third or fourth um, sport in Australia. We're really, um, when you look at it, trying to compete with the best off breadcrumbs. <laughs> so yeah. you've got to put that in the context. And, okay, yeah, there's a big golf, but we're, we're just trying to do the best that we can to compete with what little we have. So until we start going, okay, let's start funding it like we fund the AFL, let's see like what we can do when we fund the NRL, uh, which, you know, is a, is a, is a lot of money for just an Australian sport and, and the game is just played in Australia, let's start putting some money in, in where we can maybe improve, where we compete against other countries in a world game. I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, a lot of this is coming from the heart and passion and, and, uh, and I might have it completely wrong, but all I know is I can say what comes from my heart and that might be the case. So should the government hand over a bit more than just breadcrumbs? Does it need more funding to grow it, Archie? Well, well look, look at this, brother. We've got over 200,000 grassroots participants at our, at our, in our code. And uh, we struggle to have grounds. Um, we struggle to have facilities. We can't fund enough uh, teams. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, there's no real dream or pathway for a player that comes through. Like, uh, and, and for us, too, the, the pathways back then... Okay, they say our oh, pathways are a lot better when we were back playing. It was still hard, and it was still hard to find. So I, I, I don't know what it is. It, it's definitely uh, money, in in some sense, pays for a, a lot of foundations to have success. Um, so I don't know where you get the money from. Where do you get the money? Is it government? Because the government doesn't mind put money into AFL or NRL. And uh, so so can can we maybe look get at getting some? when you see the grassroots participants close their other codes way out of the water. Like, they don't even compete. And we're still relying on what little breadcrumbs we get from that filters down. I, I don't know. I don't know. Is it too expensive for kids to play soccer in this country at local level, Archie? Well, and this is the thing, right? Like, uh, and, and, and this is a frustration. OK, the fees are high. And I, I use AFL, uh, for instance. Yep. A lot of that money gets funded down to the, the, the youth um, players and youth development. It's all their programs. So the costs don't cost anything. We don't have that money. We've got to try to get some money from somewhere that we don't, like this pretend or imaginary uh, money well. And uh, unfortunately, it's, it's the parents or the local clubs that have to fund a lot of this. We don't get the big broadcast deals. We don't get all this. It's in, and unfortunately, when they say, oh, okay, uh, fees are high, well, how else are you going um, to play? We don't have that luxury, unfortunately. And, and I, I know that um, maybe in past, some of those fees might have been pay, paying for maybe um, senior teams in some MPL clubs. 
I, I believe that was the way that it used to run. I don't think it's like that now. And I think James Johnson of uh, Football um, Australia is trying to minimise a lot of those fees where, where it's great because we want people to play. But the thing is, you've still got 200,000 people wanting to play at sport. And uh, you know what I mean? So yep. um, where, where do we start? Is it the government or someone start going, OK, well, yeah, let's start investing in um, one of the most played sports at grassroots level? It seems pretty great to have you on, Archie. One quick one before you go. Who's your favourite to win the World Cup? Can you can you rank your top four in order? Have you got a top four or five for us? Uh, it's a tough question off the top, but what's your rankings? Well, mate, I've uh, fired a few great answers. I'm telling you now. Yeah. Have you what? Oh, I know. I don't even know what I said. It was almost one of those... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, that, what's that movie I'm thinking of? Uh, old School, when he gets up and debates and forgets everything yes. he says. Uh, but but, but uh, I love France. I think they were unbelievable. I love uh, Brazil. They were phenomenal against a very good Serbian team. Man, there are some good teams. I, I don't know, but I, I love Brazil. Always have. Archie, uh, there's a bit of reaction on the text machine. We're about to take some calls. Thanks for your Ooh. time. Always great to have oh, one I of love, your all-time greats. I love setting the fire, you know what I mean? <laughs> You've, you've let more than one. Uh, there's wildfires everywhere off the back of it. And uh, I look forward to hearing you more on the SEN coverage and on this program. We'll talk soon. Thanks, brother. Cheers, mate. SEN star commentator Archie Thompson. And your call's next. one 736 736 on the open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company on Dwayne's World. Always great to have stars like Archie Thompson on the program. And your calls, Chris and Bannockburn, as we head back to a couple of calls. one 736 Chris, your thoughts on what Archie had to say? Uh, yes, um, Tasmanian soccer trees for juniors. dollars for season. Plus boots, playing uniforms. Sorry, how much was it a season? Did you say? Uh, Two hundred dollars a season. So that's not too bad, is it? You obviously got to pay for boots and uniform as well, but in comparison to other sports, it's okay. Oh, fantastic for those people! Yeah, I just surprised how much it is and why the difference is. But um, yeah, have a good day. Thanks. All right, good on you, Chris. Uh, Blackie and Doreen's also. On the line. We'll come to you shortly, Blackie, but uh, Taylor Henderson's been good enough to... In fact, Blackie, before Taylor Henderson wanders past, welcome to you, Blackie. Hello, Dwayne. How are you? I love yeah, Archie's passion, um, but it's what frustrates me about the soccer community and that they'll keep bringing up rugby league and Aussie rules and other sports. Hey, hey guys, you're in competition for talent, for, for airspace, TV space... They've just got to get on with it, Dwayne, and it gets back to the juniors. And, it, and it, it's exorbitant prices compared to other junior sports because they've gone down this program the last 15 years or so in employing more professional coaches at that junior level. Well, that's obviously not working because the talent looks like it's a lot worse than it was before they do that. They've just got to get their head around that that's what they've got to play with in terms of where they sit in the Australian market. It doesn't mean they can't be successful. There's enough people, enough kids play the sport for us to be churning out more or better talent and more of it 
than it than it current they currently are. It's just a, a cop out. They've got to get they've got to get it right at at junior level. Um, so obviously, you know, questions should be asked. Of, you know, they set this MPO competition up. What are those clubs doing? What are they actually doing? They're employing coaches to what? Churn out kids that can run all day but can't actually stop the ball when it's passed passed to them. Blackie, uh, the passionate uh, texters are coming through. You're obviously passionate about it and one of our regulars, so it's great to have you on. But, yeah, Archie Thompson certainly has fired a few people up. Come back to your calls, and I'll read a hip of your text out. Keep your text coming through, 0433 uh, We're live here at the Beach Volley Fest down in Torquay, the Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour. Taylor Henderson, who's been singing the national anthem at Australian footy finals at the MCG, has been... I think uh, sang at the closing ceremony in Birmingham with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, he's been good enough to wander past on the way to or from his sound check. Taylor, great to have you on. <laughs> Thanks Welcome. for having me, mate. Thank you so much. What, the, what an introduction. Far out. Very nice. This is unreal here, isn't it? Look at this. It's unbelievable. I can't believe this is set up in like my backyard. This is crazy. It's unbelievable. You are a great local musician. You, you did do the closing ceremony. Did you... Oh, you, it was, it was un- a f- So you and who, Vanessa and Am- yeah, Amorosi? And- Vanessa Amorosi, we had Baker Boy there as well, and I was very fortunate to have, you know, a chance to go over to Birmingham. I got to fly over and perform on the world stage, and it was just unbelievable. I got to see a few of the events. I got to watch the volleyball as well. I got to watch the men's final. <laughs> it was just unbelievable, the most surreal experience to go over there, just to think I've just been playing guitar since I was a kid, and then it brought me across the world to just have a guitar and sing to all these people. It's just been unbelievable. It's been amazing. Will you be part of the opening or closing or both when the Commonwealth Games come to oh, Geelong a, and regional Victoria? Yeah, that's a good question. I Honestly, I mean, fingers crossed. Usually that's kind of how it happens. If, you, yeah. if you've been part of the closing ceremony for, um, you know, the, the last one, if it's coming to your country, then usually the people who are performing there do perform the next one. But, I mean, it's four years away. So, yeah. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I couldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I might be looking a bit, a bit, <laughs> a bit weathered by then. Who knows? So, <laughs> no. you know. But um, yeah, fingers crossed. But it's just you know, it was an amazing experience, regardless of the outcome. So yeah. You also sang the national anthem at one of the AFL finals I of the did. MCG in front of a massive crowd. That must have been fun for you. Yeah, it was pretty insane. We did the. Oh, it was I, I? I was there with my old man. I got to bring him along. Um, I went with a few mates as well, and just to see the game from you know. From from that box, I'm sitting with all the you know the most incredible people, and then I'm on you know in the middle of the oval singing the, the Australian national anthem. It's just the most amazing experience. I mean, when you've got 90 plus thousand people looking at you, it uh, gets a little bit nerve wracking. <laughs> but but um so you know but it was a hell of an experience and yeah it was just yeah so much fun. Did you? Sing the anthem the night after Delta sang it as well. That's a hard act I I tell you what, I, that's exactly what happened. So I, I remember I got asked to sing that night, and then I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it that because I had my own gig. I, I had my own ticketed show, and so they said, yep. we'll put you on the week after. So I'm watching the game. Oh, no, so they, they put me on the next night, and I'm watching the game. I'm thinking... You're joking. Of course, Delta's on before me. Like, I'm like, I might as well just go home. So, but it was, um, yeah, she was fantastic. I, she played guitar. Um, she had a guitarist, and I, I was originally going to do that. And I thought, oh, I've got to switch it up. So I played piano, and um, yeah, but it was just, just unbelievable. Had such a good time. So yeah. I, I saw you in the rooms before you're about to go on. Oh, and were I was, you there, were you? I was there that oh, night that you sang it, and you did a go. great job. Oh, but thanks, it, I was amazed how many people wanted to come up and 
talk to you. Like yeah. a football people coming up yeah. and really happy to meet you. Yeah, it was pretty unreal. I remember after my performance, I was just, you know, I'm gobsmacked by looking at the crowd and the roar and, you know, that to be. And the other thing is when it happened as well, it was, you know, it was the most amazing experience and such a sad time as well. It was right when the Queen had just passed away. Yes. So they, they it was such a beautiful tribute to what they did they they turned all the lights off in the entire stadium and i'm standing there in the middle of the oval and i'm experiencing what it's like to have everyone have a minute silence yeah and it's so daunting but it was such a surreal experience just to be there and see 90,000 people be silent and then afterwards singing that singing that for just for that you know amazing time and then I had both coaches come up to me afterwards from, from both teams and basically shaking my hand and saying, that was a great performance. So I felt like, I, I, I think if you've got both coaches coming up to you, yep. you must be doing something <laughs> right. So, yeah, so it was, it was unbelievable, yeah. Talking to local musician Taylor Henderson, who, are you doing a concert here or are you singing the anthem here? What are you doing here at the so Beach Volleyball? I'm, I'm here not only am I a volleyball fan, I play volleyball every single week. You so, play? Yep, I'm, I play. I'm not, right. I'm not at this level, unfortunately, but... Um, I'm, I'm, I will be singing. I'll be performing. I'm performing at 7 o'clock, and I'll be here from 7 to 10 p.m. Tonight or tomorrow night? Tonight. Tonight. I'll also be here Saturday next week as well, be performing. My old man's actually performing. Oh, nice. He's performing here today from 4 to 6 p.m. So He's I'll, opening for you. He, <laughs> my old man's <laughs> opening for me. No, no. I think I think they uh, they put the best people on first, and they just put <laughs> the scraps <laughs> on later. So, um, But, yeah, it's it's going to be fun. I'm going to be watching him. going to be watching some volleyball. So if you've... If you've guys are in the area in Torquay come on down it's so much fun down here they've got some incredible talent and I'm, I'm, I'm talking about <laughs> talking about the athletes yes. not, not myself but <laughs> but it's a bonus so you got some music down here as well so come on down so borrow my heart it was your big hit I yep. mean how, it's taking you a lot of places hasn't it yeah it's crazy to think like you know that song is is a it's you know it's getting on 10 years since I was wow. you know I, I released that but for some reason it just it's kind of it's made me travel all over the world. Um, I've been in the studio at the moment, recording new music, getting getting ready. To, I've, it's basically Carol Carol City at the moment. Yes. So I'm just flying. I'm, I'm doing the Adelaide Carols soon. I've, I've just done the um, lighting of the Christmas tree in Geelong. So we've got we've got so many Carols gigs coming up. But I, I'm so excited to get new music out. And Borrow My Heart was pretty much the one that put me on the map. So yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. So Talent TV, the Talent Quest TV. Some people think it's not great it's been good for you you've been oh yeah yeah it's 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 one of those things where if you go on a show like that and if you're looking for you know to get yourself out there it can definitely do that but you got to understand i went on a time when you when you know tiktok and instagram yeah. and and all these sorts of social media platforms were only just beginning like I remember, you know, when I went on X Factor all these years ago, Instagram came out the same year I was I was on X Factor. So I would say, like, you know, if you want to go on a show, go for it. But you can't go wrong by being consistent and constantly putting putting yourself out there on these social media platforms because that's where everyone's eyes are. So I, that's what I would I would highly recommend to anyone who is looking at doing this. You know, just be consistent, post, 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 and I, I promise you, people will come. Taylor, I've been great to have you. I've grabbed you on your way to your sound check. I know, so thanks, mate. I'm going to get going. You've got a tour coming up. Do you want a plug or anything? I, I, I'm booking shows right now. Nothing's set in stone, but we're planning everything for next year. So if you want to see anything, you can head to my Instagram. It's just Taylor Henderson, 
and you'll I can keep you up to date with all the info. But next year we're we're doing a ten year anniversary tour, so pretty exciting. So great to have you on. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much. Taylor Henderson joining us for a chat. Back to a couple of your calls. We need to take a break soon. We're down here at the Beach Volley Fest, so we're just grabbing whoever's wandering past at the time. Gary Abbott Jr. was wandering past before, but he had the kids in the pram, so I thought I'd leave him alone. Brendan in Melbourne. Welcome to you, Brendan. Yeah, hi, Dwayne. Um, yeah, just reading about Archie's uh, comments. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Archie, but I don't know what he's on today. Um, he's, I wish I was on some of it because the, the positivity that was coming out of his mouth for a team that got absolutely destroyed and, you know, not forgetting that the last time we played France in the World Cup we got beat 2-1 and made much more of a fight of it. So, yeah, I was a bit shocked with what he was saying and, and just, just on while I'm on it, you know, the other one that he mentioned about that 2006 team would have copped the same sort of um, defeat. No way, no, I don't know how I could possibly say that. I mean, you're talking about the legends of Australian uh, soccer. I thought it was a bit disrespectful saying that. I know he was in that squad, but yeah, yeah, no way would, would that 2006 team have got have copped a, a, a defeat like that, especially the way they played it. You know, so defensively. Um, you know, after the uh, after the first goal, you know, Arnold just put the you know put the shutters up and, and expect us to. I don't know what he was what he was thinking. Um, his game plan was, and and uh, you know he didn't ha- didn't seem to have any. Yeah, Brendan, it's sort of, it's bittersweet in some ways to think this week we've talked so much soccer, so much international world football. It's been great to be doing it. It's been great to be a facilitator for it. Now, you know, would I like to know more about soccer in Australia? Absolutely. But it's been great to have so many fans call through, so many fans text through, so many greats like John Aloisi, who's been such a giving person to this show over the course of the last couple of years, and for Archie Thompson, who's been good. So maybe more people talking about it. If Australia perform well Saturday night, maybe it's going to be a good thing that'll continue to parlay into, you know, more kids playing it, more government funding. It becomes less of a burden for parents who have to fund it for their kids. So maybe it's going to snowball now. It's great to have people like yourself on that are so passionate about it as well. Hold the line. We've got something for you. We've got a Signet Boost power bank coming your way or a... Brick Lane Brewing Voucher, whatever we've got left in the prize cabinet. I need to take a break. Back to more of your calls and your texts. Great to have your company on Dwayne's Well. Shoots up through the stony ground. It's been a wild kind of day and a wild kind of week. Great to have so many of your calls and your texts coming through. Keep your texts coming through on 0433 98 11 16. That text machine number brought to us by 40 Winks and Temper. T-E-M-P-U-R. Mattresses, pillows, and betting products like no other, that text machine number 0433981116. Keep your texts coming in. Or if you want to join us on the line, 1300 736 736. Uh, soccer, the greatest game. AFL is a close second. There's been so many soccer fans come through on the text machine, so I appreciate it. Um, Dwayne, if you get regular soccer people on more often, it'll help. There's a passionate fan base out there. That's from Anthony, and there is a passionate fan base. That's why. It is great to have John Aloisi and having so many who, who come on on a semi-regular basis and give us so much of their time and want to be on. That's the other thing. I mean, Archie likes being on. So it is great to have some of the greats, uh, even a couple of others, saying that there needs to be more funding. So um, speaking of soccer, SEN, the home of this year's World Cup, you can catch it all on SEN, and it's great every game live and free on the SEN app, as well as Saturday night's coverage, which starts at 7 o'clock Saturday night. 
Um, your calls have been coming through on Midday Matters thanks to Melbourne Roadside Rescue, Wrong Fuel Extraction. Search upshipcreek.com.au. And Dwayne's brought for Master Builders Victoria. Get expert legal support. Become a Master Builders Victoria member today. Back with more straight after the break from Torquay. Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. It's been fantastic to have so many of your calls and your texts come through. We've been broadcasting live from the Beach Volley Fest in Torquay, Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour here in Torquay, not just across this weekend and next week, but the weekend after as well. In fact, Volleyball Australia President Craig Carrick has been good enough to join me to tell me exactly when you should be coming down here. Welcome to you, Craig. Great to have you on. Oh, fantastic. If this is Wayne's world, I want a bit of it. Looking out <laughs> over this magnificent beach volleyball venue at Torquay Beach. What a life. So it is a good site. So you had a choice of sites, I understand. You might have scoped lawn and had a look at angles. See, why did you settle here? Oh, look, uh, the people have been fantastic um, and we've had enormous support down here. I'm not saying we wouldn't have got support right across the the coastline. It would have been awesome anywhere. Maybe we'll go there next year. Yep. But but for this year, this just had the infrastructure we needed. Uh, and, you know, then we had a bit of rain and a bit of weather pattern the last couple of weeks. So we're kind of thankful we're not on the sand right now. We're kind of on a park and we've been able to navigate around the mud pits that we had earlier in the week. But now it's all glorious sunshine, fantastic sand and great athletes. Did you consider Elwood or Brighton or somewhere in Melbourne as well? I mean, at least Torquay is a little easier to get to than maybe Lawn would have been. Yeah, that, that was a factor just in terms of distance for Melbourne for, for this. But um, look, we looked at Melbourne, but we need the sport to get out and get about. Um, and the Victorian government have been very good supporters of ours. Uh, and they thought, well, why can't we take this to regional locations? Yep. Because uh, they've got great beaches too. They have. In fact, you could have set one up down at Bells just for the, the beauty shots of it. You decided not to do that? Not this year, but uh, we, look, we, we, our plan is to be back for the next three years. That's right. what we want. We haven't. That's not the official word. The official word is we're here this year, but if we get our way, we'll be back for the next two years. And if there's an inside scoop, that's where it is. Uh, and we'd love to be able to add those elements to it and maybe then even have second courts instead of right here on this beach, we could have another court at another beach at another location for a pool of competitors that would go and stay there for a week and then come here and play their finals back on the centre court. That'd be massive. So when can when it is is the best time to come and have a look. You're going to tell me every day, but every it's on day, for another week and a bit. Day. Well, look, you know, the, the Australians are about to start playing. We've got three men's teams, three women's teams in the round of 16. That, that suggests we're going to have teams getting through to the weekend, which will be fantastic. And and the matches start at 9 o'clock in the morning and they run until 11 o'clock at night. Wow. We're, we're all under lights here. It's going to be magnificent atmosphere. We've got the festival out the back as well, so we've got some great performers, including yes. your my friend Taylor Henderson, who's a great beach volleyball fan, and, <laughs> and uh, uh, and we know he's going to be here with his father as well, Cam Henderson. And we've got some great other local acts from the local area coming in here to support the event. So if you're not into the beach volleyball, but you want to come down and check out what is all this stuff about, come down, enjoy the festival, enjoy the music, and then check out these magnificent athletes. So not just this weekend, but next weekend, next weekend as well? Yeah, so next week we have what they call the Elite 16, which are the best teams in the world, and then a few others that qualify through this event and also qualification next week and that starts on Wednesday and that finishes on Saturday night and then on Sunday we've got our national 
Tour, the domestic tour competition, playing right here on the beach. So it's uh, every day right through to Sunday week. So the best countries are going to be in action as well in the next few days as well. The, the number one seeds are going to be in action as well. All the top teams from most countries are here. Now, the disappointing thing for us is that we are missing uh, both the men's and women's number one seeds. And they've got injuries. It's the end of the season for them. They're coming into the festive season. The trip to Australia is a big trip. They would be here if they could be here. We know that. But injuries, obviously, in beach volleyball are part of every sport. So we're missing a couple of teams. But... We've got our Aussies. They've got the Commonwealth Games gold medalists, the Commonwealth Games bronze medalists, the Tokyo Olympic silver medalists are here. It's going to be fantastic competition for all of the week. So how many of these happen around the world? I'm told that there are you know, places like Switzerland. They are in some amazing and elite locations where there's no beach. That's right. Um, how many of these are there worldwide? Well, there's not that many on the beach, actually. Right. Okay. Uh, but but the, the, the tour has uh, between eight and ten stops. So if you think of like uh, the F1 yep. uh, or the MotoGP, there's eight or ten stops. We have the same program and we finish the whole year right here in Torquay. So this is wow. the last of all of the stops. Uh, and then in January, we kick off again. So that's the way the tour runs. And in addition to those big events, that's like tennis, the ATP, with the all of the 250s, the, you know, the next layer of competitions, and that's called the Challenger events. And that's what we're watching right now here in Torquay is a Challenger event, and then next weekend we've got the Grand Prix of beach volleyball, which is the Elite 16. And those Challenger events is about 15 of those around okay. the world. So not a lot. Australia's blessed to be able to get both events, and we're the only country to host every standard of international event this year on our home beaches. We started in Coolangatta at the beginning of the year with a Futures event for the young kids, and we're finishing here with the biggest event of the whole year, the Elite 16, next weekend. So, obviously, you want people here, but we've got a national audience, people in WA, Queensland. How can people watch it as well? Is it on, it's on KO Freebies? It is on KO Freebies, so you, you can get onto that real easy. The beauty of that is you can pick out a player or pick out a team that you care about or an, a nation that you care about. Yep. And, of course, you can track the matches throughout the day and find those teams. So it's on KO Freebies. It's also on uh, the Beach Volleyball World app. Right. So uh, the Beach Volleyball World app has all the matches uh, and uh, you'll be able to watch everything there, not just from this weekend, but from every weekend. It's going to look good under lights at night with Cozy Corner in the background here in Torquay. I'm sure the local... Uh, restaurateurs are pretty happy as well to have you here. Local business have been fantastic. They've come down uh, on number and on mass. Uh, local council has been extraordinary. But that, those weather conditions were hard to set up a venue like yeah. this. They came out and really helped out. The local businesses have been awesome. I think they're enjoying the custom. You know, you've got several hundred athletes. You've got several hundred coaches. You've got several hundred administrators. I think there's 400 staff here. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you've got all the fans. Mm. And, you know, we've got people who have flown in from the Gold Coast, flown in from Perth flown in from Adelaide, all over the country, and then you've got your internationals as well. So I'm hoping the locals are making the most of that and it's making an, an, uh, you know, an economic impact for them. Well, you've just made them happy by telling them they'll have it here for the next three years. Well, I've got to convince the Victorian government to help me out on that. So, <laughs> Dwayne, Dwayne's world, if you can add the whole of Victoria and the Victorian government, and tomorrow there's an outcome that works for me, then I'm happy, <laughs> however you vote. Craig, I'll see you back here next year. Fantastic. See you then, Dwayne. Craig Carricker joining us for Volleyball Australia president. Great to have your company wherever you're listening as well. If you want to get down here, it's at Torquay and it is on KO Freebies if you want to check it out online as well. Back at Torquay to wrap up after the break.
Master Builders Victoria members get access to a wide range of expert advice and support services. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Been great to have your company today. We've been live from Torquay, which has been a lot of fun down here for the Beach Volley Fest, the Volleyball World Beach Pro Tour. Still plenty to come on SEN. Andy and Gazy, I think Josh Jenkins is joining them as well, so he'll be part of the coverage coming away this afternoon. Martin Guptill, I think, who signed with the Renegades, is also going to have a chat to them, so looking forward to Andy and Gazy coming away after I clock off. It's all there on the podcast. If you want to have a listen back to any of the interviews and chats that we had today, Archie Thompson, um, Taylor Henderson, Dane Zorko, there has been a lot of talk about five interchange next year, whether the AFL brings in a five interchange rule as opposed to four and a sub. Here's what Dane Zorko had to say about that possibility and what it might be used for on the program earlier today. It's all there on the podcast. Yeah, well, I was probably he- heading down that path, to be honest, with, uh, I think, with an extra ruckman or an extra tall. I mean, talls are so valuable in our game. Um, if you had an injury to one of them, you know, query it'd be nice to have an extra tall on the bench but in saying that you make a really good point about a Scott Pendlebury and, and, and guys like myself who are getting on a little bit older we don't have to be out on the ground for as long um, we can have larger periods on the bench and potentially extend our career I mean we've experienced so much in the game and um, got a no- lot of knowledge um, I guess that is an opportunity for older guys to stay on list a little bit longer and, and help with that development of younger kids and those younger playing groups that are coming through Dane Zorko, Brisbane Lions captain, on what might be the possibilities with a five-interchange system if it comes in next year. Another big plug for Werribee Kia. Great team at Werribee Kia. If you're in the market for a new or used car, drop down and say hello to the team. I was down there earlier this week, and they've got a heap of new and used car stock. So if you are in the market for a new or used car, drop down and say hello to David or Janan or Aid or Jim, the whole team. They'd love to see you down at Werribee Kia. They were named Kia Dealer of the Year, and uh, they're a great team down there. So they make buying cars easy. Thanks to all of you who took the time to dial the number or send through a text today. It's been an absolute pleasure to have your company and so many texts and calls come through. Thanks again to the team from this week, um, Mitch and A-Rod and Zoe and John today and Michael, who's been on the button. So thanks again to the crew to be able to put this show together. But stick around. Andy. Gazy, looking forward to your company straight after the news.